Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Lights, camera, action! There are great Great musical actors and actresses are all around Las Vegas. We all know that, and you're about to meet one today. Ruby Lewis, she's done some great stuff over the years, including not only here in Vegas, but on Broadway in New York. She's got a great new single that's out. We're going to talk to her all about that. Ruby, it's got to feel good to be working again. It's, it was a long time there with uh, what happened with the pandemic and so forth. Really a struggle, wasn't it? Oh, boy. It was tough, but I'll tell you, I was just blessed to have my, my house here in Vegas because I um, have a bunch of artists here in the house, and we were kind of able just to keep each other occupied and keep each other artistic and try to wait it out. Now, you're still in the Gladys Knight house, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, you got to see this. You go to her website, which is a great website anyway. It's got lots of stuff on it, rubylewis.com. But you were on a show that my wife absolutely loves, House Hunters. So I go, okay, I got to watch this. And they saw the three houses. And as soon as they saw uh, one of them was Gladys Knight, so she's going to pick that. And you did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, was that experience, what was that experience like? Because, you know, it, it's, it's a reality show, and I, I've heard a lot of things. But, but it is kind yeah. of one of those things we all kind of enjoy. Joy, and it was fun wa- watching you go through those houses and so forth. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's always been the show that, you know, I put on uh, when I'm trying to go to bed, and it's just soothing to me. So I've been a fan, and so I was, of course, very excited to get on the show. And it was it's like submitting for an audition in, in a way. You know, I had to kind of plead my case. Like, this is a really cool story, I promise. Pick me. Um, <laughs> and they did. And then it was just, it was a very small crew, all from L.A., but they... Um, we're just all such awesome guys, and my friend Tiffany, who was in the show with me, Baz, at the time, um, did it with me, and my actual real estate agent, you know, Kelly Albright, did it with me, and it was just five days of kind of just um, having fun, celebrating uh, house hunting, and and I also felt really good about my decision after seeing, you know, what else was out there. Um, yeah, so it validated my. Yeah, no, you made a great choice. You know, that's yeah. always one of those things on those things. Sometimes they, it's more money than you anticipated paying, but in, like in that case, you just had to do it. I was like, oh, I'd be really surprised if she doesn't, and of course she did. Yeah, well, you know, and it, like I thought, um, it's been wonderful for for rental income and to bring artists through. And so right now, it's a full house, and it's all artistic types, and it's just exactly what I set out to do. So um, it was definitely meant to be. Looks yeah. like you had a lot of help from your from your folks too. Your dad was helpful putting that around, which just seems like a, a kind of a nice thing, you know. To, that was that awesome. In. Yeah, it was his birthday, and so he came out and um, to help me move in. And uh, it was the first time we'd spent you know real good one on one time together. So it was definitely a bonding experience. And 
It's well, been a blessing, really has. Well, that gets us to where you were brought up. You were brought up in Kentucky. So, wow, what a change. Mm-hmm. Vegas and New York from Kentucky. But I guess music, you said uh, classic rock was always on the record player. You were kind of bound and determined, for that, although you're not doing classic, classic rock. It's a little bit different type of music. But you wanted, you wanted to perform from an early age, I take it. Yes, my parents met in the theater, and then when they saw, you know, that I loved the theater, they put me into just the community theater, you know. We didn't go nuts and um, fly out to Los Angeles when I was a kid or anything like that, but I was definitely in the theater from a very early age, and um, I just kept doing it, and I I can't believe I'm still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are, and you're great at it. Uh, You've done all these musicals. Paramore, which was done with uh, Cirque du Soleil, Baz, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, We Will Rock You. Are you always on the lookout for one of those great roles? Because it seems like you're just born to really to do that. That's like your your first love. Yeah, definitely. I um, more and more, you know, it's just it's, it's an exploration for me of, of myself as an artist too. To really just anytime I take on a new role, it's uh, such an amazing challenge and. It just feeds my fire, you know. I just, I don't know what I would do without it, really. So, even during the pandemic, I was trying to, well, you know, with with the show that I have going now, I was just trying to write for myself and try to come up with anything to, to you know, satisfy that the need. Well, let's talk about that show, because it's, right now it's on about once a month over at the Nevada Room, which is a great location, and uh, mm-hmm. again, you go to rubylewis.com to see when that's going to be on again, but you're journeying, as you say, back to the golden age of Hollywood. You uh, step inside the shoes of uh, some of the leading ladies uh, that we remember through song. Kind of talk about how you developed it and what people can expect to see there. Sure. Well, I've been working on it for a while and in different kind of capacities. At first, I was calling it a golden hour. And I just realized after doing, um, after having done so many golden age roles, biographical roles, I'm like, this is a thing. You know, this is a thing that uh, has fallen into my lap and I can't ignore that this is a genre that I need to lean into. So, um, and then and then I started, you know, going to coffee shops and just researching these women. And I just found all of their stories to not, o- not only were they beautiful and talented and, you know, everyone loved them, but I mean, they really were, um, at the forefront of a lot of, you know, trying, trying to make changes, trying to make a difference and stand for social justice and, you know, challenge the status quo. And so that was what really drove me to, to create Starlet because I like to intimately speak about each of them as an individual and as the star that we all know, you know, so it was really, awesome for me kind of like a research paper but then i got to i get to present it on stage in a very glamorous format so yeah. i've been really enjoying it yeah i love that it's and it's kind of fun because when you do that kind of research i imagine you get kind of sort of a connection to these people that'll be with you the rest of your life and you kind of you want to tell their story oh yeah i mean i'll never watch any of the their films the same way you know because i now i feel connected to them yeah I feel like I'm in a relationship with them I know what they went through I know what uh, you know anytime I'm going through something with my career because this is a you know very finicky business I just think about the ladies who paved the way and everything they went through and you know what I'm not it's not so bad for me I'm I'm still fortunate to um you know to live in this time when we are trying to you know make changes and have equality within the workspace and you know it's, it's an exciting time so I'm doing it all for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and the whole concept of Starlet, you can appreciate that. Uh, you know, as an attractive woman yourself, 
you want to get beyond that. You've got this talent, and it's it's something that they all struggle with because we all appreciate the fact of how everybody looks. But at the same time, yeah. that talent has to be there to back it up, or otherwise, you never leave the role of starlet. That's right. Yeah, and, you know, and just being a pretty face doesn't doesn't change much in the world. So, um, yeah, that's kind of part of the premise of the show, and and I'm just I'm really proud of it. Well, you should be, and I think it's kind of fun to kind of put a little bit of yourself into it, you know, as opposed to a lot of the other roles, which are great, but you're you're working with somebody else's mindset. This you can kind of, I would imagine, you can kind of shape and develop it any way you want, you know, to kind of fit wh- how you're feeling. Certainly, yeah, and what's, what's, what's exciting about it, too, is that it's so malleable because I'm only touching on, uh, you know, a number of these women, but there are so many more and so many more stories, and I can rotate through, you know, just so many different uh, women from the time. So it just feels like a living and breathing thing for me right now, and people seem to enjoy it, and so that's my that's my gig. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, you've done a lot of TV work and some really uh, shows that people are going to know right off the top of the hill. One of my favorite, Rules of Engagement, you Girl Meets yeah. World, Masters of Sex. That Rules of Engagement, that's an underappreciated show. Was that fun to be uh, involved with? Oh, God, it was fun. I like to laugh because um, I've been a huge David Spade fan my whole life. I've always just found him to be so charismatic and just naturally so funny. So working with him was a thrill. But um, it was hard to get his attention that day because <laughs> it was the fantasy football draft the day, that day we were on set. And so he was just, all right, come on, come on, let's do it, let's do it, come on, guys, come on, you know, really pushing it along. (laughs) And uh, so I thought that was kind of funny because it was just like he was in a normal workplace, like ready for his fantasy draft, you know. It's not like he was on this Hollywood set. There was a live studio audience and stuff. It was just, it was just so, such an interesting guy and, uh, and very kind, very, very kind. You, I know, sang the national anthem, as you mentioned, uh, fantasy football, real football. You sang the national anthem in a New York Giants playoff game. That had to be exciting, right? Because everybody there is pumped up and ready to go, and you don't want to lose them on the national anthem. (laughs) Oh, boy. I was so nervous. And um, it's funny, you know, it's a very humbling experience as I was taking the field, and I was done up to the nine. I was taking the field to sing, and they were, you know, practicing. They were throwing the ball around, and the ball <laughs> slapped me in the head oh. <laughs> um, and knocked my hair all off. And I just looked into the crowd and said, did anybody get that on camera? Nobody <laughs> did, but, um, <laughs> uh, well, that will hum- humble you right away uh, as you're taking the... Uh, <laughs> well, maybe that takes some of the pressure off, because, you know, now you're thinking of that, and it's all funny. And it's like, all right, let's just do what it I'm here to funny. do. Exactly, and I had done it so many times before that it was like, you know, it's like riding a bike. I, I never worry about singing the song, but it, it is just, I mean, to have that many people uh, watching you uh, <laughs> can be can be a little nerve-wracking. Well, I hope we can get you out to Allegiant Stadium and do one of the Raider games this year, or maybe over yeah, to T-Mobile so. and do a Knights game. That'd be a lot of fun. Heck yeah, yeah. Well, now you I'm ready to represent the local. There you go. Yeah, we'll, for sure. We would love that. Also, we'll go back to New York for a second. You sang in something that I, I've, wa- I've always wanted to ask somebody who's done that. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which now is different than it was back when they made the movie, uh, you know, Miracle on 34th Street. Now there's this, sure. there's that one area. You get, what, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, whatever that is on there. Uh, oh, yeah. Is that because it must be exciting to be there on that day? It's a holiday and so forth. But it is sort of, I would guess, nerve wracking because there's no room for error there. 
Nope, it's live, and uh, the way it's set up, well, I was fortunate to do it two years in a row, so I've experienced it. I've um, been on a float, and I've performed in front of Macy's, two totally different experiences. (laughs) So the first year, being on the float, um, you know, I was just riding along and uh, waving at people that were just lined up way down the street, and we had our little, we had our, our stop where we did our performance, and then we kept moving on. But then, you know, the major NBC broadcast is in front of Macy's, and it's just a wall of cameras, like two stories of just cameras, and there aren't really people there. So you're performing for this wall of electronics, and you're not getting a whole ton of audience feedback, which, of course, we feed on. Yeah. So it was just really like hit your mark. You know, it was very technical. You couldn't. You had to definitely hit your mark for light and lighting and for the cameras. And um, so, yeah, that was... That was really uh, something, and it was something to celebrate once we finished. Big sigh of relief, you know. It must be working in musicals, too. You do kind of rely on that response from the audience, right? It kind of, it builds up the momentum, it gets you excited, and you feed off it. Oh, yeah. I mean, without it, it's it's just flat and not interesting to me at all. It has to be, I mean, uh, it's completely reciprocal to me, like, as much as I give them, they give me, you know, vice versa. It's, I love that for it. I don't love that about television or film, you know, because you're giving everything you got and you're not, necessi- you're not necessarily getting all that energy right back. Yeah, uh, exactly. So selfishly, I, I actually do prefer theater. Well, I want to talk to you about one thing. I know theater is your love, but you've got a single out, and I'm really excited about it. It's called Shock Value, and it's a pop song, and it's great. It's got, it's got its own kind of unique song. And it was one of those things, you know, the first time you want to listen to it because you want to know what to talk to somebody about. Then as I heard it a second and third time, I'm like, okay, this gets you right away. Do you, are, are you finding good response from it? Because it just seems to have a, it's a great thing for the 21st century. Yeah, it's getting great response. And I'm excited because I will have a, um, a music video coming out soon. And I think that is where you get a lot of eyes on it and a lot of ears on it. And um, particularly, I'm gonna I'm hitting kind of the gay club scene um, because it is kind of it's it's great to dance to, and you know the message of it it really is kind of um, you know what does it take to get ahead in pop music or as a pop star these days? What does it take? And um, I've been so influenced by Lady Gaga and and pop stars, you know, even David Bowie, who did use shock value in a certain way to kind of. Um, gain attention so that's kind of what the song is about is like you know how far are you willing to go to uh snag the audience's attention and um so i'm excited i'm excited to um to to hopefully kind of make appearances and to get get the word out and get people dancing to it yeah well yeah and i think it's one of those things you know you mentioned david bowie of course Uh, you think of michael jackson prince Mm -hmm. that type of music requires you do have to put a little uh, shock value in it because how do you separate from everything out this a a lot of that stuff you you can get easily get lost in them in the mix oh yeah yeah i think that uh, for me you know i didn't want it to just be a silly pop song i did want it to have something to say but um it's it's finding a balance between you don't want to be too preachy you don't want to you want it to be fun you want it to have um you know you want it to be catchy so that people can remember the melody so for me it was really fun crafting it and um we first came up with the hook with um my friend tom fletcher who is a musician and producer here in town so it's been a long time coming and um oh boy it was exciting and i hit number 25 on the 
iTunes pop charts my first day. It's really hard nowadays because the business has changed so much where you kind of have to catch lightning in a bottle like this. It isn't like you can put an album out and let it get played across the United States slowly and people get into it. Right. You got to grab folks. And now this video, I'm kind of uh, I'm interested in hearing about that. Is it one of those things where you did the song and then you thought, okay, how does the video sell the song? Or did you always have a video in mind and now you're just putting that together? Yeah, I did always have the video in mind. I um, just the, the very first lyrics um, in the first verse, the stand over, turn it up, light a fire, fill my cup. I imagine myself as kind of the queen and I had all of these male servants around me, lighting my fire, filling my wine, you know, turning up the music for me and all kind of in this beautiful dance. Um, and so I didn't end up going with that exact concept, but um, definitely has that has that vibe to where I, you know, I'm the queen and um, I'm dictating what happens around me and it's all very colorful and fun. And I actually shot the video at the Elysian at the Palms. Oh, great. I had a really yeah. cool space there. Yeah, and I had a friend who... Um, Totally, Jonathan Pennington, he, he is a, um, a theater director, and he volunteered his time to shoot it, and it was all just, you know, friends and fun, and so, you know, couldn't have been better. When do you expect that to be released? Yeah, I'm hoping it'll be out next week. Outstanding. I don't have an exact date. So, okay, yeah, well, still, it's with the editor now, so... Well, I haven't seen it yet. I'm very excited. That's that is very exciting, Ruby. Uh, we are excited about where you're going to be playing and what you go, what's going on in your life. How do people follow you so they can be right on top of this? Yeah, I think the best way is uh, my Instagram. It's Ruby Lou L A Ruby Lou La. And uh, otherwise, if you join my mailing list on my website, that's where I send out. You know. Uh, I, I sent a free copy of the single to all those all my mailing list people, and I, that's my more intimate kind of group that I I cool. try to keep up to date with. Yeah, with everything. Well, that's great. That you go to rubylewis.com. It's exactly mm -hmm. how it sounds. And Ruby, best of luck. We hope to talk with you again real soon. I hope so. I sure appreciate your time. Just wanna shock you right tonight. Just wanna shock you right, 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 right. You've seen it all
What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas.